This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the Oklahoma Sports Show. Uh, we're going to wrap up another great week of college football, but before we get there, let's do the introductions. I'm Jason Evans and Jared Kennedy. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm outside on location, enjoying this beautiful weather. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that's a great place to be. You got your TV and your satellite watching some NFL football. I do got my TV and satellite watching some uh, NFL football. I'm a big uh I play fantasy football, so I gotta gotta keep keep make sure I don't know need to get on the line, you know, holler at any of my players um, for for slacking or whatever. So yeah, I gotta gotta keep my toes uh, my toes ready. <laughs> well, uh, that's the life of a sports fan, and so uh, if you're listening to this show, we feel like you can probably understand. But uh, Jared, it was a, a big week of college football. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State continue to control their own destiny. Tulsa rebounded. Uh, with a nice win down in Central Florida, uh, basketball is underway. Oklahoma State is on their or is now in Maui, getting ready for the Maui Invitational. Uh, OU is playing down in Orlando. Tulsa picked up their first win of the year. Uh, just all kinds of things happening. Not to mention the Thunder and high school playoffs. So uh, we'll see what we can get to today. But Jared, let's let's kick off. Uh, if you're okay with it, let's talk about the Tulsa. Golden Hurricane goes down to Central Florida. They emerge victorious, thirty-five to twenty. Um, it was a win that they should have had for sure, but but it was a, a difficult win nonetheless. Um, they 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 fell into an eight-nothing hole off of a pick-six uh, that that uh, Central Florida ended up going for two, and they were in a ball game. They were uh, up fourteen to. Uh, or it was tied 14 to 14 at half, but a 21 point third quarter is what really uh, pushed them and elevated them to the 35 to 20 win. Um, Jared, when you're looking at the numbers, is there anything that just kind of pops out to you? Uh, well, um, first off, I, you know, you, you got to give credit to Tulsa bouncing back after a tough, you know, when you're in the hunt for conference title and you lose that game, uh, you got to give them credit bouncing back and being able to pick up that, that, uh, win. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, they got the job done. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't get to see, uh, much of the game. If, if any, um, I was on the road, um, all day, um, doing some other things I had uh, prior engagements to, but, uh, it sounds like, uh, they, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just from reading a few things, they didn't play their best ball. But when it when it came down to crunch time, they got the job done, and uh, that's what you look for. And you know, and guys, veterans like Evans to to lead his team to a win, despite how you start. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened, and and we mentioned it a little bit in last week's episode. Central Florida is a team that uh, they you know they're they're six and five now overall, four and three in conference, but they've they've got a pretty good defense, and they're a defense that'll at least make you work for what you get. And you saw it right off the opening drive uh, with the pick six, and um, you know you got to credit Tulsa for for eventually emerging victorious, and they did it by by riding their stalwarts. Uh, D'Angelo Brewer had 25 carries for 167 yards, two touchdowns, and James Flanders had 19 carries for 163 yards and a touchdown. So uh, those two guys, uh, yet again, both went over 100 yards. The, the team had over 300 yards for, I think, the seventh time now this year. 
uh, which is just just really unbelievable. Um, and they really picked up Dane Evans, who finished 12 of 25 for only 126 yards. And um, statistically speaking, this is probably his worst game since uh, they played in the shoe up at Ohio State. But he did finish with two touchdowns. He rebounded from that pick six uh, to get two touchdowns. And they were they were pretty big scores uh, there in the second half to, to, to provide the separation that they needed to go ahead uh, and, and pull away. They went up 21-14 and then 28-14 on back-to-back drives. And, uh, and then right at the end of the third quarter, Brewer added his second touchdown and, and really put the game out of reach going into the fourth quarter. Um, but, but it was maybe an unconventional game. It's not exactly what, what fans have come to, to, to know with Tulsa football. Um, they, had, they had, I say, only 474 yards. Um, but, but on the flip side, Central Florida only gained 321. So if you're, if you're looking from the defensive side, uh, you've got to be happy with Tulsa's defense to come back after giving up, you know, over 300 yards rushing a week ago to a rushing team like Navy. They only gave up 88 to Central Florida, and you've you've got to feel happy about that. Right, and just to inter- interject real quick about, uh, you know, like Evans, one thing that I, I, I like about him, you know, I used to always say with, with a guy like Brandon Whedon, uh, that was at Oklahoma State. One thing I liked about him was his poise. He would—he's the—he's the only guy uh, that that I felt Oklahoma State had 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 at quarterback in a long time that could go out there, make a huge mistake, throw throw an interception, and then boom, just forget it like it never happened and come back strong. And I'm I'm seeing a little bit of that with with Evans and his and his you know his poise and and just his leadership. He goes out there and, and has that you know rough start but he's able to like you said not the best numbers but he's able to you know forget all the all the things that had happened come back and and keep poised but i just wanted to interject that real quick he kind of reminds me of whedon as far as mindset uh defense yeah i mean you have to be happy with the way you know defense is playing i think nowadays in college football uh more teams are going to the to the uh oregon Oregon type, you know, Houston, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech type uh, offenses, spread them out, throw it down the field, uh, up pace offense. And uh, anytime nowadays in college football, you can hold a team for 20 or fewer points, I think is a pretty good day uh, defensively. Now, sometimes you're going to, you give up, you you know, kind of like, you know, Spencer does at Oklahoma State, you give up a lot of yards, you play the bend but don't break uh, philosophy. um, And fans look at that and think, Think they had a terrible day, but at the end of the day, you look at turnovers and you know big time stops at the goal line, and uh, and you look at the scoreboard. They hung, they they put twenty, they only put twenty on the board. So I think it's got to be considered a a successful day for the defense. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think Coach Montgomery uh, would feel the same way. And and looking ahead, uh, TU sitting at eight and three, five and two in conference. They're 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 uh, I virtually eliminated from the from winning the western division uh they sit in third place and uh navy at six and one houston at five and two tulsa at five and two but um navy uh uh navy 
actually, I think now that I look at it, it looks like Navy has it pretty much locked up as far as Tulsa goes because they would own the tiebreaker. Um, and if, if Houston were to lose one more, at least Tulsa could finish second if they went out. They, they finished this, uh, this weekend playing Cincinnati. And, you know, I think when we, when we looked at Cincinnati in the pregame or in the, in our preview edition, we kind of thought this might be a little bit bigger game, but, uh, Cincinnati is really, just not had a good season and so if you're if you're Tulsa you look at Cincinnati they're four and seven one and six in conference um, this is definitely a game at home Tulsa should win and it's kind of weird a few years ago we would have said Tulsa's trying to play spoiler to Cincinnati but now uh, the the roles have reversed and uh, if you're Tulsa you've just got to be ready to play Cincinnati and uh, and try to finish the season out on a high note right and, and they will I, I think I'm totally confident and and uh yeah, that in you know their ability to 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 finish strong and uh, I think they're you know listen this season has been far far short of a disappointment I mean I think you 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 know you fell short of the conference title but but in doing so you you took a a lot of leaps and strides uh, in the right direction um, now a lot of people are scared that that's going to lead to maybe a, a coaching change because he's done so well but. Um, at the same time, you have to be proud of where your season is, and and I I think these boys will finish strong. Uh, you know, end up with a couple of W's, uh, and then you know one in the bowl, and uh, I think they'll get it done. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, all the matchups would would favor Tulsa. Cincinnati only averages 17 points a game, uh, 359 yards on offense. The the one one asset for Cincinnati, kind of like Central Florida, is they don't give up a lot defensively, uh, and and. So far, these games were with teams with good rushing defenses. Tulsa's been able to run the ball effectively. Cincinnati only gives up 180 yards on the ground uh, a game. And so that'll be a fun matchup to see how Tulsa's 256 yards a game uh, matches up with the Bearcats. But but yeah, I mean, you've got to feel like as long as there's no Thanksgiving hangover or anything like that, uh, that, that Tulsa is really just going to come out, take care of business, finish on a high note, uh, have have a fun bowl destination, and and then just see what happens. And and you know while we're here, Jared, uh, we we were texting back and forth a little bit last night after uh, Texas found a way to lose to Kansas. Um, you know, and so now all the the stories speculating about Charlie Strong. Um, you know, you've seen stories break that say he's already gone, and then you know they backtrack and say he's not not yet and and all this kind of stuff but but let's just go ahead since this is a sports show and you know we don't have to wait on the news let's just speculate right let's let's play this game and let's say strong is is out at uh at texas um we're just going to assume jim grobe is not going to be retained at baylor that he was just there for this one year to just pretend to be a coach um, right. you know, for someone like Philip Montgomery, we know Herman down at Houston, um, for someone like Philip Montgomery, a couple of weeks ago, Kelly Hines mentioned how, how he's a, a Texas guy. And it seems like eventually his destination will be at one of the Texas schools. Um, will, will Tulsa be able to hold on to him, um, as we move forward? You know, I, I really think so. I think, I think. I th- boy, I don't know. You know, I'd like to say I think so because typically I think, uh, you know, even you know, even if you're him, he, he, 
he, he, he sticks around another year, builds his resume. But in a year like this year when there's so many vacancies and this is really your opportunity, um, it, you know, if you want an opportunity to move up, this would, you know, the way it's panning out is going to be the year to do it because there's going to be so many vacancies. Uh, I, I think they have a hard time um, holding on. Onto him now, is it a you know is it a, a Texas or an Oregon or a team like that? I don't think so. But like you said, it, it could be a stepping thing where uh, you know maybe Herman or, or you know has gone to to Texas or LSU or somewhere like that or Oregon and maybe Houston's where where yeah. Tulsa slot where uh, uh, I always go blank um, Montgomery. Montgomery, Montgomery, you know, fills in. Maybe he fills in at Houston. So if I were to speculate now, which is completely what we're doing, um, I, I, I definitely say, you know, Herman's gone and then and Montgomery slides in there at Houston. I would think that would be his best bet because Houston's going to want to stick with the same type uh, offense. It's worked for them. Uh, they're getting the good recruits, you know, of course, they're in Texas. And uh, Montgomery, definitely the guy. Uh, that can can build on you know what Herman was doing. So uh, I, I would I would say that was his would be his best bet. I I think that's a good call, and of course it is speculation. Strong is not not gone at Texas yet, but but I think there is a strong assumption. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, but in in strong notwithstanding, I think there is an assumption that Herman has gone from Houston. Like there, right. like you said, there will be enough openings that somebody is probably going to snatch him up. They're going to be able to yeah, take him. And if and if he wasn't already, you know, if 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 his if he wasn't already, you know, a hundred percent gone, you know, I know these pet. He had a, some few. Uh, couple games where people thought well maybe he's coming back down to reality maybe his he's not going to be wanted as much after that shellacking yeah. i mean beat down that they put on louisville i mean you've got to be hey i was more impressed with their defense than i was their offense in that game and uh so yeah i definitely think uh herman's gone and um i think that could be an opening uh for montgomery and you know here's the thing just since we're speculating okay <laughs> since we're having a little fun doing this there's no doubt about strong's gone i feel bad for the guy i, I always think when you hire a guy you got to give him his four years you got to give him a chance to 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 have his tenure have his four years there to build a program and, and give him a shot having said that it's texas and they're not going to do that with that loss to kansas um i'm surprised he wasn't gone after he got off the plane um but so i think he's gone what about something like this? You look in the NFL. Uh, you look at um, um, God. I'm terrible thing. I just went blank. Forty um, Niners coach Kelly. Chip uh, Kelly. Yeah, Chip Kelly. You look at Chip Kelly. You know Texas has been talking. They've been wanting to go. You know people think oh, Les Miles. You know Herman guys like that. But uh, Les Miles is more of your typical. Um, uh, smash mouth football, yeah. Alabama type guy, uh, grinded out. They've been talking, you know, Texas is, I think, wanting to move in kind of a different way, you know, uh, uh, more of a Oregon, Oklahoma State, more of the Big 12 type uh, offense. You know, I feel like all these other teams, Texas Tech, West Virginia, all these teams in the Big 12 are doing the spread offense, and Texas is still kind of running that smash mouth and and i think they're going to look for somebody of that caliber so could herman get that job sure but you look at a guy like chip kelly that's just struggling in the nfl he went to he went to the philadelphia eagles 
couldn't make it happen there. He's now at the 49ers. I think they've won one game all season. Could he come back down to the to the college rank? And does he go back to Oregon first off? Or does he look at this opportunity? Hey, if Texas is available, hey, you know the recruiting's gonna be good. It's 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 a team that I think I could have built in a couple of years, and plus they want that style offense. So there's a lot of interesting things that I think can play out. And I'm real excited to see how it goes. I've even heard speculations about a less miles to Baylor. I don't see that one happening. Like I said, Baylor. Baylor has that spread type offense, and I don't see I don't see them wanting to go to to his style. But at the same time, you just never know. Oh, but it's fun to speculate about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and speculation is a ton of fun. Um, it it I, I I agree. I don't see Miles going to Texas. I don't see him going to Baylor. I think Miles is probably in that boat. The good thing for Miles is I think age wise and career wise, if he wanted to take a year away or if he just wanted to retire, he can do it. Um, he, he could be a fun guy on TV, um, maybe replace Lee Corso or something on game oh, day, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, I'd, but I just don't think in, in Baylor's situation, they're not going to go backwards offensively. They've created an identity. Right. Um, and like you said, Texas wants to move that way. And, you know, Kelly, I think is destined at, I think he's destined to return to college if he wants to keep coaching. Um, and, and it could be Oregon, you know, he could pull a Bobby Petrino, go back to, to the place that he built and, um, or he could try to do something else. I know Texas would love to, to have someone like Kelly, um, because when he was at Oregon, he sure got enough Texas players to come up there and play, uh, his style. Uh, but, yeah. but it, it will be interesting to see, you know, I, I would say going back to Montgomery, I, I think, you know, if Herman goes, he'll be, he'll be an option there at Houston, but I wouldn't totally discount Baylor as an option. Um, you know, sure. I, just because, uh, he, you know, he came from there, he's a Bryles guy, which that could keep him off the list. I don't know that that could be a no, no with all the situation that's happening at Baylor, which I would completely understand, but um, I, w- I wouldn't totally discount that. But like you, we've said, this is all speculation. We're all just having fun and games, and uh, we don't know anything. And so uh, right. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll see what can come of it. But uh, you hey, know, knowing, ba- knowing Baylor, they'll they'll bring Browse back. Well, I guarantee you there's people who would like to try, and I think that's just it's. I think it's um, unbelievably awful. Uh, what what has happened down there and really the way they're trying to to cover up the fact that that any of those assistant coaches are still there um, that just tells me that that their administration is they're not they're not doing what they need to do um, but that's just my little soapbox but uh, let's let's keep moving let's talk about OU West Virginia um, because that was a good game wasn't it uh, uh, absolutely gee. I listen if a team could could Raise the raise the white flag any faster? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it would have had to been at the coin toss because, I mean, West Virginia did everything they could to lose this game. They would drive fumble, drive fumble, and, and I mean, I have never seen. I mean, it's that sooner magic, I guess. I, I've never seen anything like it. Um, it's just unbelievable. I I was expecting a, a big time. Close game, fun game. Now they're at the third quarter. West Virginia did make an attempt. Uh, you know, I think they scored 21 straight or 14 straight, something like that, uh, to bring it, you know, within 20 uh, to at least make it look like they had a chance. But then, you know, Mixon and 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 crew 
went right down the field, scored, put it back out of hand. But, yeah, it was just an awful game. I thought it'd be a lot closer. I thought it'd be a lot funner. Uh, but, hey, that's what you get sometimes when you when you build things up. Yeah, and, I mean, you did say it was your lock of the week. You did have it have it nailed in, but I think we at least thought it would be a little bit closer game. And, I mean, that's, you know, on if on OU's side of things, you're happy with the way it went. Um, you're you're happy that that you built that lead that you you put up 21 in the first quarter, but but yeah, it was just it it was so clear to me that West Virginia just was not ready for the the prime time. Um, they well, just, and and then they made the comment to where you know they were overhyped, they were so pumped up about it, uh, and they were they were that they they come up sometimes you could be too overhyped and you know. And you make mistakes, but I thought it was funny how coincidentally, you know, when it was snowing, when it was snowing, that's when West Virginia was at their worst. You know, yeah. You would think they would be a little more accustomed to snow than like even Oklahoma would be, but like when it was snowing, that was when OU was scoring all the points. Then they took the 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 snow stopped, and West Virginia actually made a run. But then they're late in the game, you know, the fourth quarter, so it started snowing again, and then boom, OU. So I thought that was kind of a coincidental. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of interesting. And, you know, West Virginia, to to OU's defensive credit, because when you look at the numbers, uh, you know, they gave up 388 yards rushing, 579 total yards. You're, you're looking at it and you're thinking – Wow, this this you know this must have been a game, but but twice West Virginia drove inside the five yard line. Twice they fumbled the ball. Um, you know they're they're running back who I got to pull his name up. Um, uh, Crawford, yeah, Justin Crawford, twenty four carries, three hundred thirty one yards for a thirteen yard average, but at the end of that stat line, zero touchdowns. Um, and and that's really you know we we talk more specifically with Oklahoma State that bend but don't break defense and in the first half especially uh, that's exactly what OU did they forced turnovers and they they gave up yards but but they didn't allow West Virginia to put the ball in the end zone really until it was too late I know they tried to make it a game but um, you know defensively speaking this this defense they've they, they're much maligned especially since that Texas Tech game you can't say a defense is good after you uh, your defense ties the record for passing yards allowed in a game <laughs> you know like you can't you can't say you're good but really since that tech game, um, this defense has done everything the Sooner offense needs it to do because while you've got Mixon and a healthy Pirine in the backfield, um, it doesn't take a whole lot to, to be able to give them the, the momentum they need to put points on the board. Uh, you know, those two guys went over 100 for the second week in a row. Uh, Pirine, two touchdowns, Mixon had one. And um, they in in that weather they they just rode those ponies and uh, to the tune of sixty four attempts and three hundred and sixteen yards and uh, that that's really all all OU needed once they got the lead. I mean, but what Mayfield he only had he was nine of fifteen for one hundred and sixty nine yards. And granted, seventy five of those came off of came to a D.D. Westbrook bomb, but but um, it, it it just it was not the game that I think a lot of sports fans were looking for like I said I think if you're an OU fan you're extremely pleased with the way that went but but as a sports fan you're just kind of you know I think it probably hinders the Big 12 again because everyone's like well obviously the Big 12 is just not that good um you know if West Virginia's 14 and then they get beat like that but um you know I, I just I don't think you could say enough about OU's poise to just come in and take care of business and and now look to Bedlam for a chance to finish the season undefeated in conference and have a shot, outside shot, albeit, at a college football playoff game. 
Look, I, you know, Oklahoma's rolling at the right time of the season. They started off, you know, with those couple losses, and now they have uh, they've got things going. And and it it started with that run game uh, with uh, Mixon and Piran. And their defense, I think, has slowly improved a little bit. I uh, still don't think they're, you know, juggernaut like they, you know, you, you typically see in an Oklahoma defense. But uh, having said that, their their offense is putting up enough uh, runs, and they're and they're kind of doing it in in odd fashion. You know, Oklahoma for the past few years ha- has been um, has been going to that, you know, quick quick paced offense and. And now they've got that, you know, they, they're kind of going old school. I, I'm not saying they're, 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 you know, Kansas State out there milking, you know, able to milk the clock and, you know, putting together eight, nine minute drives, but they have been able to slow the pace a little bit with uh, the success they've had uh, on the ground. So they, they're rolling. Uh, Oklahoma State ha- has held on. And so it's going to be a fun game, I hope, uh, down in Norman. Uh, you know, we don't have no Tyreek Hill to 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 run one back. Uh, so hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get it done without without a, a heart attack type play. And I guess right now I'm I'm leaning more towards Oklahoma State. So I guess that <laughs> that came out a little bit on the on the radio. But you know what? People know. I, I'm I, yeah, I think if, if they stuck with us this long, I, they they know. And, and so yeah, yeah. before we talk about Bedlam, let's go ahead and wrap up Oklahoma State and their win. Uh, against TCU, you know, you said it hasn't hasn't always been easy for Oklahoma State. Well, this game actually was. This is was especially in Big Twelve play the most dominant performance I think they've had, um, thirty one to six. And listen, TCU is not a top ten team; they're still trying to become bowl eligible. But to to go into Fort Worth to give Gary Patterson his worst home loss of of his career at TCU to um, hold TCU to the fewest points they've had since 1998 to be the first team to rush for to have two uh, players run for 100 yards against Patterson since 2007 um, it was just a dominant performance and and leading into Bedlam that's exactly what you want from Oklahoma State isn't it listen now now is when I could you could finally say okay, we put together a complete game. We started, you know, our, our offense took a little bit to get going. Uh, Rudolph didn't have his best stats. Uh, I considered it kind of an Alex Smith, uh, Kansas City Chiefs type stats. He just managed the game well, didn't make didn't make a lot of mistakes, didn't make any mistakes, uh, just managed the game. You know, uh, we're used to seeing his, you know, 300-plus yard games, uh, multiple touchdowns, you know, in this case – I thought what, what did he throw for two hundred? Yeah, two oh seven. He was seventeen. I think seventeen to thirty four. So just fifty percent. Right. So I mean, he didn't have his typical game, but that's when you get excited knowing that you put five hundred and forty one total yards uh, in the books, and the majority of those came on the rush, the ground game that everybody has been concerned about. Yes, TCU's defense isn't where it has been in the past, but having said that. It doesn't matter. Oklahoma State has not been able to run on anybody. Yeah. They haven't been able to run on Kansas, you know, these these past few years. So so to put together a 334 yard performance uh, against TCU at TCU is uh, just uh, something to be excited about. I mean, I was ecstatic. It was like those watching watching Carson and Hill. Uh, I, you know, 
there's always a fun competition in that, you know, they're they're because they're, they're, they're still competing for a job, but at the same yeah. time they're teammates. But it's fun watching when they're both having success because they're like it's like a you know a tag team WWE match. It's like slap me, I'm in, and then it, you know he, he takes off for 15 yards, then boom, you slap the other guy, he comes in, you know, hits him on the left side. It, it was just fun to watch. Um, and and having said that, it, it's it's a you got to give credit to our line too. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying they're holding them off, for, you know, and these holes are Dallas Cowboy type holes running a semi through, but, but we are generating holes long enough to, to get these guys through. And I think that's what makes it a great mix. Hills more of your quick hit the hole hard, get outside. And the, and, and then Carson's just more of a read ground and pound, uh, get that short yardage and then turns into, you know, you know, long yards. So it, it's just fun to watch. Um, I'm happy for those two guys. I'm happy for Carson. I'm glad to see the success that he's been able to have come back after his injury. And I think it's helped heal out, I, Yeah, you know, too, because I think it's pushed him and he it's given him that break to where you're not putting all the load on his shoulders. I know you still got guys like Rain and Child, which everybody forgets about. Because let me tell you, I, I love Rainey. I think he's a good back. But when you got two guys that's that's producing like these two guys are, uh, I'm not going to say they're on the level of P. Ryan Mixon yet. But but listen, I wish we had Carson another year because I think these two uh, c- could uh, could could to stack the record books. Uh, well, he'll he'll already is as far as freshman. I think he passed. Uh, I think he. I think he passed Thurman, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he yeah. he set the true freshman rushing mark, and he's only right. uh, he's less than fifty yards away from setting the freshman running mark. Mike uh, Mike uh, Hampton or Hamilton uh, back in twenty two thousand five, Gundy's first year. He said he was a redshirt freshman rusher, like nine hundred and uh, what was it eighty one or something like that. And so, you know, his with two games left, his sights are definitely on that that true or that the freshman rushing record and really a thousand yards. I mean, he, he you know, he should be able to eclipse a thousand yards, including the bowl game, if not in the Bedlam game. Um, but, yeah, you know, I totally agree. Like I seeing that, um, especially with the last two years, 2014, 2015 uh, for Oklahoma State fans, that's a welcome sight. And, uh, you know, the, those holes may not have been big enough for for a semi, but they're big enough for Gundy's mullet to come flying through right. and yeah. because in the in the fourth quarter especially uh when when Oklahoma State just needed to control the clock and 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 they did it and you know that final driver Carson just absolutely demolished two TCU defenders um and but you know he did that last week against Texas Tech in the in the kneel down um and and it's that's something that Oklahoma State hasn't had um you know, you they had the explosiveness with Randall, but that just pure power runner. Um, I, Jeremy Smith's the first one that comes to mind um, who could just bowl people over back in 2011, maybe 2012, I think was his last year. So, uh, you know, yeah, Rudolph wasn't sharp, especially early. Uh, you know, there in the second quarter and really in the third quarter, especially, he was able to hit his marks. He found Chris Lacey, uh, who's really becoming a weapon. His second consecutive yeah, let's game talk over about 100, Lacey. 100 yards. Oh, he yeah. he yeah. has firmly eclipsed Jawan Seals. We talked a lot about Seals early and, and, and Seals is a senior. He's paid his dues. Um, but, uh, he, he's, he's had a couple drops in that game against TCU, but Lacey, uh, he's now the guy to look for whenever Washington and McCleskey are covered because TCU did a good job limiting McCleskey and Washington's touches. 
Oh yeah. They, for the past couple of weeks, teams have caught on and they're, you know, they're, they're putting guys over Washington and, and making us do different things, making us go to different guys. And I'll tell you, just watching Lacey, which we always knew he was talented, but with every catch that he caught this Saturday, it was like every time I saw him on TV, he just appeared to become bigger and bigger and bigger. And then now I'm looking at by the end of the game and I'm thinking this dude is a beast. I mean, where, where has he been, you know, this whole thing, where's he been his career here at Oklahoma state. Uh, And it's just one of those, maybe this is that game that really highlighted him really gets him going. And, uh, uh, hopefully, because it, it, hopefully it kickstarts him uh, into you know off the bye week into into bedlam because uh, you're going to need a guy like that making some of those catches that he made um, over there on the sidelines. Just but what an outstanding game um, came up with big time plays uh, when you needed it when you needed a sustain a drive. That, that's what I liked about this game when when we needed to sustain a drive to to either milk the clock more. Um, or, or get that first down, we came up with big plays, whether it was a, a Carson or Hill or, or a, a Lacey catch. Uh, we did it. We got the job done uh, this this Saturday, and it was just a great overall performance by the Cowboys. Yeah, it was it was definitely what Cowboy fans want to see uh, heading into Bedlam. They, they're they 9-2. Coach Gundy uh, is, continually says now 10-1 in the press conference yesterday. He he said it's it, it's difficult to win double digits in a year, and so I'm proud of our team for doing that. <laughs> hey, hey, even Bobby Stoops. Yeah. Did you hear him? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you hear him in the press conference? Even Bob Stoops admitted. Now, I think he kind of did one of those <clears throat> cough cough things, but but he said, yeah, if you play by the rules, uh, you know, they only got one loss. And so he gave it to us. So, hey, if Bobby says it, then then it's got to be it's got to be legit. Yeah. You know, it's one of those is it's one of those things that it's not it's never going to change. It'll change, you know, about the same time. However many years it took the the to Aggies get the to get awarded the championship, yeah. Uh, which you know, uh, someone pointed out on Twitter, Oklahoma State is undefeated since their last national championship. Um, you know, so yes. that's they've they've got wow. quite the streak. That going. is a 1945 <laughs> championship and still undefeated. Yeah, um, but it's amazing. You know, so it's the the realist though is just like you just never should have been in that situation. We talked about it, and so now let's uh, you know. I, Let's talk about Bedlam, but we've got another week to really dive into Bedlam. The 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 thing about it is, uh, the the winner winner takes all. Uh, which what's amazing is next year when the Big Twelve starts their dumb one and two championship game, this game would literally be worth nothing except for a possible playoff stuff because the way the 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 year breaks out this year no matter what the results they would play each other again in Dallas the very next week um which that's it, that's just ridiculous all in yeah. itself what the Big 12 is doing but so we've got a de facto Big 12 title game uh this is the fourth time in six years Oklahoma State's playing their last game for a shot at the conference title they've only won one of those and so it'll be interesting to see if they can get over that hump in norman i know they won in norman back in 2014 but you mentioned it hill's not there and there's no way stoops is kicking to him again anyway so you know this is going to be a completely different game ou is rolling and oklahoma state is is winning and and it'll be interesting compared to last year because last year osu completely sputtered at the end they started 10 and 0 uh, finished ten and three. They and they lost their last three games in 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 just 
blowout fashion. And so right. them winning that game against TCU is not only a sign for this season, but it may even be a sign looking back to last year of, of maybe they've right. learned uh, that, you know, how long the season is. Um, but, but so let's, let's kind of look at, at what, let's just talk a little bit about Bedlam. What are your immediate thoughts? What's going to have to happen? Uh, and then I really want to talk about the possible college football playoffs. Cause that's, that's how it ties back into being nine and two instead of 10 and one. If you're Oklahoma state, or even if you're OU, they're both sitting at nine and two right now. Well, you have to start with the guys up front. We have to have, have, uh, speaking of Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma State has to have uh, the performance that they had against TCU with those guys up front. Listen, I'm not talking about just the offensive guys. I'm talking about those defensive guys. Listen, they they couldn't get a yard up front because we were just blowing them up. Uh, we have to have that type of performance. Taylor's got to get in there, uh, lead that pack, and we have to we have to keep the, our our momentum going on the ground. If if we can if we can get Hill and and Carson going um, in, in the run game, that's only going to benefit our pass game. I think a lot of a lot of a lot of teams now are um, they're they're playing our pass. They're 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 shadowing Washington and saying, "Hey, you guys run it." You know, me, you know run it they're not there i don't feel like they're stacking the box quite as much until you know late in the game when they realize well we're, we're able to run it now so i think uh you you have to get the ground game going um and, and it's going to open up the past i know i've said you know oklahoma state's offense needs to get that pass going to to open up the run it's kind of opposite of what most teams do but in this case um I, I think you have to you have to get that game ground game running, or else it's going to be a long time because they're going to they're going to they're going to, they scout they're, they're good coaches they're going to they're going to um, they're going to cover double cover Washington and, and make us throw to those uh, other guys. So I, I think it's all up front, and and, and the same for Oklahoma. I, I think in order for Oklahoma to run. When they they have to do the same thing, same stuff they've been doing all year, and that starts up front with Mixon and Piran. If if they can't get if if Oklahoma State can stop their run, if if we can hold them to two hundred yards. Now I know that uh, well two hundred yards. You know that's that's not terrible, but but still two hundred yards probably means Piran and Mixon both have a hundred yards uh, each. It, you know if if they can get two hundred yards, I think they're gonna you know it, it's gonna going to be a tough game for Oklahoma State to win we've got to eliminate that run we've got to we've got to knock them down um, hit them in the mouth uh, up front and uh, like I said if Oklahoma can can get that run going um, get Westbrook uh, going out and he's just a man he he, he's kind of like a he's not as big and physical as a Des Bryant but when he catches the ball uh, he he gets a lot of yak uh, stats he 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 catches the ball and uh, and and, and he, he runs with it. He's kind of goes into beast mode. So we need to make sure we're, we're covering him. Uh, stop the run. Uh, if you're Oklahoma, you gotta, you gotta maintain the run and you gotta, you gotta put pressure on, on Rudolph, make him make mistakes. And, uh, if both teams could do that, I think we're in for a heck of a competitive ball game. Yeah. I mean, I, I love everything you said. I think it's, it, it will be competitive. The Bedlam game last year is a blowout, but uh, if anyone remembers, Mason Rudolph was injured in the Baylor game, did not make the start, and really, I think, uh, no offense to J.W. Walsh, but he wasn't the man to be able to beat OU last year. Yeah. And so it, 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 I think it will and can be a competitive game. Um, I think OU's got 
I think OU has all the advantages, if nothing else, just because it's at home. Uh, I know we'll, we'll next week we may try to get Josh Dreyer on here because I know the first thing he'll say is Gundy can't beat OU. He just doesn't think he can. Um, and, you know, there's I think there's a little bit to that, but maybe the mullet will give him a little more swag uh, as he enters, Man, I hope so. enters into Norman. But um, it will be a competitive game, but let's look at the big picture. Both teams are nine and two. OU is sitting undefeated in conference. Oklahoma State seven and one in conference. Uh, winner take all. Uh, where obviously we know we've said it since week one, really, or or definitely after Oklahoma State's first loss, you said Oklahoma State's out of playoff contention. We we really kind of thought OU was out of playoff contention, but now suddenly we've got OU at the the new rankings will come out here in a couple of days. Uh, they're sitting at nine. Oklahoma State sitting at number eleven um, in the college football playoff. What what happens to to get either one of those teams even close to that top four? I, I mean, I, Oklahoma. I think a lot can happen because. I mean, let's just be honest. The name gets you. The name gets you um, a lot further. Yeah. Um, in this day and age, and e- even though you know they are sitting there at you know what did you say nine? You know they're yeah, sitting at they're, nine. They're nine. They, they, Louisville uh, is the only top ten team that lost. They were at number five, so it's it's probably safe to assume yeah. OU will jump ahead of Louisville uh, because right. that that Houston win helps them because yeah. they lost to Houston. It, you know, it was yeah, it was too big of a loss. For, for Louisville to, to sustain that, that, you know, to stay in front of somebody like Oklahoma, but, you know, looking down the line, you've, you've got like an Ohio state Michigan matchup coming up. So one of those teams, uh, one of those teams are going to lose. Uh, now having said that, depending on what type of game it is, I don't think they'll fall much. I think they'll still be in that, uh, you know, being, being the range. So I think what Oklahoma has to wish for is, um, I think they have to wish first jumping Louisville this week. I think they got to get that head start. And then they got to wish for a team like uh, Washington to go down. And then, like I said, you're going to have that Ohio State Michigan loss and, and, and just hope that it's not a Alabama LSU, you know, 2011 type, yeah. you know, game. You know, I, it needs to be lopsided one way or the other um, because both of those teams, especially Michigan, Michigan had, had another close game, you know, this past weekend. So, I mean, they haven't been looking like an elite team like they, they started off, you know, at the beginning of the season. So anything can happen if they have one more lopsided win. I don't care if it's to Ohio State or whoever. Um it's very possible, I think, for Oklahoma to win. But in order to do so, you got to jump Louisville this week, and you got to hope for a, you know, a, a a Washington loss or maybe a Wisconsin loss. Um, Penn State, I, I think they they can jump Penn State, yeah, uh, because you got to remember Oklahoma's going to have a bedlam. They're going to have, uh, you know, they're they're at least going to have a shot at a number eleven in the nation, you know, barring we don't move backwards, which has definitely happened before, but. You gotta expect, you know, when when you're beating a number t- eleven team in the nation, uh, opposed to an unranked team or you know whatever, um, you gotta you gotta think that that could catapult them a little bit. So they gotta take take care of Bedlam, and then they gotta hope for a a Washington Wisconsin loss. And like I said, you're gonna get Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma State. Uh, hand you, you you need a miracle. You need a you need yeah, a committee that's lose. really thinking. <laughs> 
yeah, you need everybody to lose, but you need a committee that's really believing in the in the um, they only have one loss this season because that one didn't count, which is very hard to believe because even in the broadcast of the West Virginia Oklahoma game, I don't know if you noticed, but the minute they started talking about uh, you know Oklahoma State really only, a lot of people that are only only have one loss that they shut it down pretty quick. So I don't know if producers were in their ear saying, "Hey, uh-uh, don't talk about that that loss." Uh, that's maybe a, a conspiracy theory, but having said that, I don't think they have any shot yeah, uh, at a playoff. My, my one, my my other problem. Let's say you even take away that loss, and they're sitting at, at ten and one now. Um, my my other problem when you look at the the total landscape is yeah, the 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 loss to Baylor was back in September. It's the first conference game. Uh, you know, you've you've run the table since then, but that that lost to Baylor every week looks worse and worse and worse. Baylor yeah. just got housed yeah. at home by Kansas State. They got housed at home two weeks ago by TCU. Um, they got beat by Texas, which now has a loss to Kansas. And, um, you know, there's just it, that loss is beginning to look worse and worse and worse. And so I I, I definitely like I, I everyone has to lose for there to be a shot for, in my opinion, for Oklahoma State. Hey, listen, oh, 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 how big was, you know, they should have beat Baylor first off down there anyways. You know, if we don't have a couple fumbles, but how big would it be like? How lucky, unlucky was it for him to to draw them right out the gate in the yeah. Big Twelve? If we play Baylor now, like everybody else is, I mean, I think we thrash him just like everybody else has thrashed him. Because yeah. honestly, typically, I think we play better on the road sometimes when we play at home. And so, if we get them later in the year after that that first loss, I think it's a different story. But you can't say that because we didn't. So yeah, and you know, here's here's the thing. Going back to the playoff, it. If if Ohio State beats Michigan, the playoff has a Penn State problem because what if if Ohio State beats Michigan, then Penn State goes as the the what Western Division, uh, rep- Eastern Division representative to the Big Ten title game. They'll play Wisconsin, and uh, it you know it, so what happens? Let's say Ohio State beats Michigan, and Penn State wins beats Wisconsin, uh, so. We all know if Ohio State finishes ten and one, they're they're in. They're you know yeah. they're 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 going to the playoff. Alabama, uh, barring them losing to Auburn and then turning around and losing to Florida, you've got to imagine Alabama is gonna gonna be in. Um, what what <laughs> what happens then with a Penn State team that would be sitting at ten and two, um, and with a win over Ohio State? <sighs> I mean, you got to consider them. You got to you got to bump them up. I mean, when now you're saying if Ohio State beats Michigan, yeah, so Michigan would then yeah. finish the season at ten and two, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, you have to you have to jump them above uh, Ohio State. I would think now. I think there's a lot going to be. Also, I think I think story plays into a lot of it too. I think. And people's going to think about what happened a few years back with Paterno and the, and the whole university and how that how how bad they fell and and now they're they've uh, they're resurrected and yeah. they're making this comeback and and it's the Penn State of old the Paterno days and 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 so I think there's a story that people want to see play out as well so I think uh, I think that's on their side we, they've we've seen Ohio State we've seen them you know amongst the top for the past few years 
Um, so if it's close, if it's 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 that type of if they're the same type of player, you let the older kid play. And I think it's um, if they're around the same things and, and, and they can get the job done, then I think they definitely jump them. If if anything, just because people want to are rooting for that story to play out. When I say people, I'm talking about the election committee. Yeah. Um, you know, but well, uh, that's it, my opinion. I, yeah. I don't know. There's there's so much that still has to play out. We'll we'll get to talk about this in next week's episode. That's kind of the fun. Uh, we'll get to cover Tulsa's game, and then you just kind of sit back and watch everything unfold, and then we really deep dive into Bedlam. But uh, you got Michigan, Ohio State this weekend. Penn State plays Michigan State this weekend. Uh, Wisconsin, they've they've wrapped up the Western Division. They play Minnesota this weekend. But it, so let's even say that Wisconsin wins their next two games. They're sitting at number seven right now. You got to imagine they'll move up at least one spot after Louisville losing. So if they if they even went out, even though they have two losses, they could they could be sitting there um, you know, right there. They'll be around that number four spot. So uh there's a lot to play for. Clemson will have to play in the ACC title game. Uh, you know, if Michigan beats Ohio State, we're we're looking at, at all kinds of potential uh storylines just because, you know, what do you do with Ohio State? Who who I mean me included, they're they are a top four team. Like on on any given Saturday, Ohio State is one of the best four teams in the country, and so it's just it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But um, let's let's go ahead and move on, Jared. Let's let's uh, go down to the high school ranks real fast. Um, let's just kind of keep people updated. So far, your four A predictions are holding true. Uh, we saw Jones just lay the whooping on Sulphur. And and they're continuing their way, and now we have a Barry Hill Jones showdown in the semis this week. Uh, Kingfisher will be at Cushing, and you predicted that one. And uh, then we've got Plain Plainview Lincoln Christian and Stigler John Marshall. Um, you know, let's let's look at that Barry Hill Jones game for a second. Uh, Barry Hill Cushing's lone loss came to Barry Hill uh, earlier this season, and then didn't Cushing did Cushing and Jones do they scrimmage early in the season? Yeah, they scrimmaged okay. uh, early on. Like it was their first scrimmage, but it was kind of a two-three team scrimmage. Yeah. So you know, you take what you can away from that. Well, I guess I'm just you. So you've seen both of these teams play. Um, is is it your opinion that the winner of this game is going to be the the favorite to go ahead and win four A or three A? Sorry. Uh, absolutely. I you when you when you look at these two teams, they've they've got everything. I mean, they've got the 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 college type quarterback now whether that's d1 or small school uh but they get the job done they got good receivers their lines big up front uh they they're, they're just a good solid team and you if you're putting money down you have to put it on one of those two teams now you got a team like john marshall sitting down there that's just running through the playoffs right now and uh we've seen what they can do in the past and and so that that bottom side of that three a bracket is is stacked you know you look at the top side and it's some of those teams including Cushing you know got a is very fortunate in uh in the in the drawing there but but yeah I I, I predict uh one of those teams Jones or Barry Hill coming out on top well let's you know we've got a couple weeks it'll be the 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 day before uh Bedlam but uh 6A1 who asked last week is anyone going to be able to unseat the east well uh we saw Union pull off the the upset over Jinx and so they made it to the title game and now you've got Norman North who's sitting at 12 and 0 um is is 
is there a legitimate shot? The game will be played at Chapman Stadium in Tulsa. Um, what are Norman's chances? Uh, you've got to like their chances more against Union than against Jinx, right? Yeah. I try to stay away from that one a lot because, you, man, you just you don't know how that's going to go up there in, in 6A1. It's, it's, so, it's so competitive. Those, those teams are a lot alike, and they've all got talent. I mean, they've all got college D1-type talent. And so it's like any given Friday, you know, or Saturday in, in, in this case, um, anything can happen. But you, you got to like Union coming off of that big win. Uh, against their longtime rival, uh, Jinx, uh, I, you got to like them rolling into the championship, and that's that's definitely who I put my money on. Well, you know the quarterback for Norman North, Mark Hart, uh, five hundred and eight yards passing, four touchdowns in He's there. He's a real deal. I mean, yeah. he he can toss the ball around. It'll it'll be a great a great matchup. Like we said, we got two weeks to see that happen. But uh, we saw Tuttle get beat by Ulaga, uh, so their season comes to an end um, which was big i thought i thought tuttle would uh pull that one off but Uligos tough yeah uh it was a big win in 35 to 14 they really just they they jumped on him um but it's unfortunate to see tuttle season that you know they had a great year and uh to just see that uh come apart for them their only loss comes in the the quarterfinals um but uh you know heritage hall got beat uh, Wagner stays alive. They're they're still rolling. Are they the favorite in four A still? You think? I would definitely swing Wagner's way. I you know a lot of people had high expectations for Heritage Hall, considering what they were able to do in three A. Now, I think three A looking at looking at a whole is just a bit just 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 as tough as four A. You know as yeah. as a whole. Yeah. But when you look at individual teams, uh, Wagner Wagner is a they're top notch, and and uh, I think you know Cash Hall could could possibly get there and give him a run for the money, but my my bet's definitely on uh, Wagner. All right, and uh, looking at six A two Bixby and Lawton Bixby going for another title. There uh, can Lawton pull it off? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I I've I've seen I've seen a little bit of film on Bixby and. Uh, uh, that you know, they they kind of got things going down there. Like you said, they they won it last year, right? Yeah, they're two two time defending champs. Yeah, yeah. And so they kind of Bixby's Bixby's one of those places. They they you know they're already kind of big, but they're really growing, you know, community wise, and they've got a lot of things going in, and I think they got a lot of hype. And uh, I'm not saying they're like the new Jinx or Union, but you you kind of take that that outside town of you know suburb whatever you want to call it and uh, a lot of kids i think are moving into that area and they, they've got things rolling and and i like big speed to to get that three peak all right now let's move on to 5a you've got uh lot max still alive undefeated mcginnis still alive undefeated the uh i think the top four yeah the top four are all still alive so you've got lot mac versus carl albert mcginnis versus ardmore uh i mean this is max conference or max title to lose right Right, I, you have to think that uh, the way they've been playing and and stuff. So that's definitely who I got. Um, I seen a little bit of video on them uh, early on. Uh, haven't seen them much here of late, but, but uh, just from stats and scores, uh, you, you got to like them to finish strong. All right, you know, and then you go down to smaller schools. They're still in the quarterfinals. Um, 
uh, Chisholm's probably the odds-on favorite to win 2A. They they continue to to keep rolling. Um, it's either probably them or Millwood, right? Who would you give a, a little bit of a lean towards? I like Millwood. I like their speed. I like uh, I like what they do offensively. Um, I'm probably going to lean lean towards Millwood. All right. And then in Class A, you've got Hominy still alive, uh, one of our old rivals for the Pawnee Black Bears, who uh, they, they made an early exit out of the playoff race. But um, uh, so you've got Hominy still alive, Afton is still alive, both those teams undefeated. You've Morrison, another team near Pawnee. Uh, they they they're still alive, sitting at ten and two. Um, is there is there a favorite? You know, Hominy's really held on to that number one spot for most of the year. But um, are they going to be able to run the table? I'm going to say they run the table simply because uh, Coach Green, they're at, they're at Hominy. Told that you know he does a lot of uh, you know Ed Green. Yeah, he coaches oh, yeah. over there at at, at Hominy. Uh, you know he he does a lot of umpiring for us in baseball, and he told us. Back in the summer, he told us uh, that they were going to have a pretty solid team. He was excited about this team coming into the year. And look at them now. Like you said, they've they've been on top for most of it. And uh, so I'm going to stick with how many bucks I think they're going to get the job done. All right. And then uh, Class B, uh, they're still in the uh, – well, they're in the, the quarters as well. Uh, Laverne sitting at 12-0. and You've got Davenport still undefeated. Uh you know, is there is there a favorite coming out of Class B? Um, boy, I, I your guess would be as good as mine in, in this case. I haven't seen much on either, um, but if I had to go, I definitely going to go Laverne. All right, well, just for fun, I'll take Davenport. Then we'll go for the okay. Well, Davenport right. uh, Bulldogs, right? Aren't they the Bulldogs? Go Bulldogs! That's the, yeah, that's the. <laughs> Yep, that's the toss-up. <laughs> and then Class C, uh, you've got Tyrone, Tyrone versus PC Hunter, and then Tipton versus Kremlin Hillside. Um, you know, uh, Pond Creek Hunter, they're sitting at twelve and zero undefeated, and uh, this is they're, they're playing Tyrone, which is at eleven and zero. Um, so they they drew the semifinal matchup, but the winner of this has probably got to be the favorite to to hold on for the Class C title, I would think. I, I, I'm right there with you. I think uh, at this point you go with favorites. Um, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of upsets um, in this one, but uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with them. Well, that that works for me as well. Um, you know, it, it, we'll just kind of keep you guys updated going through the week, and and uh, you know, it's it's crazy, Jared. We've only got two weeks of uh, regular season college football left. The high school playoffs will be done in the next three weeks. Um, it's just it's kind of crazy. Uh, we're, we're already here and, and, and we really haven't even got into basketball yet, you know? No, no. And, you know, speaking of crazy, what, what's crazy to me is the fact, like you said, we're already pretty much done with football, uh, on, on all levels. And, uh, I didn't wear one pair of pants this whole season, <laughs> like at an Oklahoma state game. And for the first time, uh, I got to wear my gloves and my pants and my stocking hat uh and all that at a high school football game because it was finally cold enough to where i had to do so yeah and i I, i'm even up in the press box so it's it's definitely been a strange year it's been warmer longer than usual and uh it's almost over and i hate to see it's a fun part of the year but at the same time you know it's bittersweet because i hate to see it go but hey like you said we got basketball to look forward to and that's going to be fun too yeah and and i do hope you said you didn't wear pants i do hope you had shorts on 
at least. But <laughs> I definitely had shorts on. Definitely had shorts on. At time, I wanted to lose the shorts because yeah. it was that hot. But yeah, you got to love I, Oklahoma weather. Um, and, you know, next next week especially, we I promise we will talk some more basketball. You've got Oklahoma State spending the week before Thanksgiving in Maui. Uh, uh, Oklahoma is wrapping up a uh, a final uh, a, a tournament down in Orlando right now. They're, they're leading Clemson. Um, as the second half is underway. And so, and then we've got the Thunder to talk about. So next week we'll talk more uh, basketball. We'll see how the Cowboys competed uh, in, in Maui against their first real tests of the season. But um, Jared, I think it's time we, we shut her down. This has been a, another great college football episode. But do um, uh, you got any more words of wisdom before we head out? I don't uh, get out there and support where, wherever, whatever class, whatever town you're from, get out there and support those, those high school guys. Uh, it's an exciting time for them. Uh, and uh, as always go folks. <laughs> All right. Even with the week off uh, in, in football, you, you always got to go folks. It doesn't matter if they're playing or not. <laughs> and in this case, I'm talking about down there in Maui against UConn. Well, it's, it's, it's much warmer out there probably than it, than it is here this week. But um, so, uh, yeah, you've been listening to the Oklahoma Sports Show. Hit us up on Twitter at OK Sports Show or Facebook. And uh, you can you can visit blog posts and past articles at OklahomaTalking.co. And uh, we appreciate them hosting uh, our information and, and, and posting this podcast uh, for us. And don't forget, uh, leave a review if you, if you like the show or even if you don't like the show. And uh, if we, we find your review, we'll, we'll read it on air and, uh, and we'll, we'll just have fun with it. You can always email us at OklahomaSportsShow at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to interact with you. So uh, until next time, I'm Jason Evans and that is Jared Kennedy. And we will see you later. See ya.